Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Want to grab a free copy of my Dance Studio Growth Marketing eBook? Sign up for a free copy today of the ebook 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio by going to assembledancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. In today's podcast episode, I speak to the lovely Josephine Lankuba, who is a multi-passionate business owner and entrepreneur. For Josephine, after a whirlwind career as an artist that saw her perform on a multitude of stages and on TV screens for over a decade, it wasn't until she was four months pregnant with her first child that she decided to hang up her microphone. She is now an award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, talent agent, industry mentor, and producer who is passionate about facilitating the dreams of others. Some of these roles are delivered through being the creative director director of her arts companies, Musical Makers Club, where she provides quality performing arts, youth programs and experiences Australia-wide, as well as her talent agency, Next Move Studios. We also talk about her as she steps into her role with personal branding and how she now also has a course on how to create an in-house talent agency in your dance studio. It's a really interesting chat with Josephine today and I hope that you get something out of it. So let's jump straight into the interview. So thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Josephine. I'm so excited to have you here. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Josephine, I know most of uh, people listening are in an audio setting, but Josephine has the most lovely background. So if you're seeing a video of this, you're very, very privileged. It's very nice compared to me sitting in my closet. Um, But anyway, that's besides the point. So Josephine, for those people that don't know you who are listening, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And um, then we'll talk a bit more about all the different elements that make up your business. But first, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I, um, I currently am the director of the Musical Makers Club, which is a youth theatrical program for kids. We've got six Sydney locations and we're looking to expand nationwide. I'm also the director of my in-house talent agency, Next Move Studios. And um, I guess for me coming to this point where I've got these, you know, these businesses, I, I started myself as an artist. So I started my whole entire journey as an artist. Um, you know, the typical struggling artist where you're waitressing on tables, you're just trying to make ends meet, uh, doing whatever you can between gigs, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, eventually I made my way through being that struggling artist to finally, eventually, I suppose, um, working for others. So I worked as a talent manager, I worked as an agent, and then I decided to hang up my microphone when I was four months pregnant. I I literally remember the event. I was, yeah, I was singing on stage and I was really over it. (laughs) And I thought there's got to be something different out there for me. And that's when I delved into the world of business. And since then, I guess I started studios and I started my own talent agency and um, I progressed from there. So that was probably about six or seven years ago. Yeah. 
That's amazing. And you said a little bit about your, um, the studios that you currently have, as well as the program that you're running. But for um, people who are listening, you've recently launched a podcast. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I'm definitely busy. I mean, I don't know if you can hear my son, but he's calling mummy, mummy in the background. So (laughs) trying to juggle all of that too, um, you know, being a mum and running businesses. Um, But during lockdown, I mean, look, I've had a, I've had this idea to start a podcast for 18 months, um, maybe even longer, to be honest. And I benched it and I benched it and I benched it until the most recent Sydney lockdown. I mean, we were locked down for nearly four months. Um, as you would know. And um, yeah, I decided to just do it. And so that it's called business arts and all that jazz. And um, yeah, I've absolutely loved it. So it's a combination of some solo episodes of, um, you know, interviews, and it's really just about creative business, creatives and creative business and connecting people um, and learning from the community, I suppose. So yeah, it's been it's been a real blast. We're we're only into episode nine at the moment, which dropped today, but yeah, it's been really cool. That's amazing! Congratulations! And it's one of those things as well, like you said. Um, often people might sit on it for you know a long time. So really, to just sort of take the leap is the mm-hmm. first and only step to doing it. So um, that's I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. I've yeah, I've had I can't even. I don't even know how many years I've done this show now, but I, you know, there's obviously been periods where I have stopped for personal reasons or business reasons, Mm. but um, it's been a really fun way to connect, like you said, with other creatives in the industry. And I'm sure um, people listening will, you know, be interested in listening to your show too. Yeah. I think for me, the, the real, the real thing about it was I'm, I'm on a bit of a journey at the moment into sort of that, that personal branding. So I'm trying to, you know, really expand my horizons and move into a more online coaching space. And um, the podcast was an opportunity, obviously, because it's fun and you get to speak to really cool people and learn so much from the process. But it was also um, a great way to reach more people and connect with a wider audience that wouldn't otherwise know me. Um, And I think that's really been the most significant thing. And and it's been such a positive experience in in the way of that personal branding as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And it's a really amazing way for people to be able to like know about you and learn about what you believe in, which is really, really cool. So before you mentioned a little bit about sort of, I guess, I think your first business, which was the Musical Makers Club, is that was that your first business? It actually wasn't. I start my. That's where it evolved to. My first business was a choreography business. I was providing choreography for independent artists, and through that process, um, I got ripped off. People didn't pay me. All that, all that jazz, you know. Mm. And um, I learned a lot. And then I. That was my first. And then I went on to um, running, basically a big, mashed up horrible mess of a business which was then just called next move so the problem with that was there were too many things happening that people used to get confused about my offer so we were a talent agency we did kids parties we had children's entertainment we had ballet classes tap classes jazz classes you could even do a hula hoop workshop if you wanted to like it was an absolute shamozzle and and I 
And I realized um, after doing that for a couple of years and, and kind of struggling with that, um, that it was a bit messy and the branding wasn't clear and it wasn't there. So there are really three elements to what I was offering. And that's what I had to decipher. So number one, there was the, the talent agency, which is where we represent artists in film, television, commercial, but we also are a production house and have entertainment packages and whatnot. The second element was the classes, the training and the programs. Now, I realized my niche after a couple of years of doing, you know, ballet, tap, jazz and all the things that dance studios do, I realized that my niche was actually musical theater. So I decided to drop all the extras and really hone in on what I knew and what I was passionate about. And that was the musical theater piece. And that's how the Musical Makers Club, musical makers Club came about. And then the third element was me, Josephine Lankuba, you know, the artist the director, the individual. <clears throat> and so once I segmented those three things, I realized that I didn't actually have one business. I had three businesses. And that's when the traction really started, when I um, created clarity, not just for myself, but also outwardly, like people could see that there were different brands um, we all, it's all cohesive. It's all working together as one, you know, circular unit, but they are three different things. So I guess that was a bit of a turning point for me as well. Definitely. And I think, like you said, um, sometimes we just get so in our own businesses. It does take like one person just to say like, I'm not really sure what you do or like you offer so mm. much and just to really kind of provide clarity in a different way. But yeah, a lot of the times when I'm working with clients, we talk about niching. People often assume having a dance studio is a niche, but and it is to a degree, but definitely, like you said, you really niche down and it's really yes. a testament to you and like the curriculum that you have, obviously, that it can be done and done really well. So that's super exciting to hear. Mm, yeah, and I think like for us, we only offer production-focused programming. So it's musical theatre in its true form. So singing, dancing and acting with a production focus. We also have singing lessons, so private singing lessons. Um, and I am actually considering reintroducing jazz because I think jazz is an important part of the musical theatre piece. And so that is something, because I've got multiple club sites, I'm, I'm in the process of considering that and I'm going to be putting that out to my, mem my current members to see if there's some interest um, if we were to introduce jazz back onto the timetable. And it's been a good couple of years, but I think that could be a nice little nice little um, piece that sort of enhances what we do. Yeah. Definitely. And like you said, when you take something away, it doesn't mean you can't ever add it back. So it's really interesting to hear, like you said, that you've found out what, what works really well and now you're even interested in seeing like what adding another element would look like. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's always evolving. I mean, we evolved as well through the online space. Um, you know, so we, you know, I created a, a singing, what I call the singing hub, which is like a online virtual private singing lesson space. And that's now a national program and anyone can be in the singing hub. Um, so, you know, even if they're not part of our, you know, in-person programming, they can just be a virtual singing student. So just um, being open-minded to the possibilities, I suppose, has been a really big thing, but also stripping it all back, <laughs> stripping it all back, you know. 
um, which has really given me the space and the time, especially in this recent lockdown, you always get a bit of thinking time um, <laughs> um, to really hone in on the, the Josephine Lang Cuba brand, you know, because that to me is something that I'm really passionate about doing, but I've benched it. It's always been on the back seat. So now, you know, getting to do the podcast, um, I wrote a chapter in a collective book called The Women Changing the World um, through the Osmumpreneur Network. And I, you know, wrote that during lockdown. That was an amazing experience. And that's actually being released, well, now, December. So, um, so yeah, just having the space and then, you know, being able to even move into the coaching and mentoring space and teaching others about how they too can, you know, maximize their creativity and I have two things that I do I've got you know make your passion profitable and then I've also got talent manager boot camp where I teach other studio owners how to you know open up their own in-house talent agency so I suppose you know having the space and I don't think I could have done that with the cluster that it was before there were just too many pieces so just knowing when to let things go I guess yeah, yeah, that's really, been a big really piece. Powerful. Really, yeah, really important. And I'm sure that will resonate with people listening. Um, another element that you talked about before, again, part of that musical makers club is uh, about now you said you were looking to take the brand national. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about what that means and I guess why you decided to do that and how that process is going. Yeah, so we're not really a studio per se. We're, we're actually a program. So I don't have any bricks and mortar. So these clubs are just venues for hire. You know, we'll go to council venues, existing studios, whatever. So it means that we can test locations at really low costs. I mean, it's the cost of booking a site and putting out an ad and seeing um, what sticks, I guess. So um, my goal is to really make theatre accessible to everybody. And I think in Australia, um, theatre is this elusive thing that is very clicky and really audition-based and, you know, you've either got it or you don't. And I just, I just think for kids that's unnecessary. I think that musical theatre should be an inclusive thing and you shouldn't have, if you're seven, honestly, you shouldn't have to audition to be in a show if you're just a kid and you're learning. If you're 12, if you're 15, like I just feel like there's too many barriers to entry. And so for me, making an inclusive theatrical experience that is accessible to all kids who want to really step into their limelight is a really special part of what my mission is about. You know, so that's what that's about. I want to make it, I want to have people experience things that I didn't have access to as a kid, you know? So that's the dream, Claire. <laughs> yeah, because I know, um, well, it's, yeah, when now you explain it like that, I guess it does, it makes a bit more sense in that, like you said, it can be run in any location, which is amazing. So um, I'm sure there'll be more information coming out about that if people are interested. But then you also touched on about how a large part of your business is all about that talent management agency and mm. now how you run a course about that. So like, how did you get started with that? And like, why did you decide to make a course about it? Well, okay. So I've been doing, I've been managing talent for 
quite a few years. Um, I started managing talent for a children's entertainment company. And, you know, it was predominantly promotional talent and actors for, you know, live events, mostly in youth, youth sort of children's bookings. So, for example, the company I worked for would have the Spider-Man license and Spider-Man would go and appear at all the Westfields or I'd be flown to New Zealand with a float of minions and Smurfs and Care Bears and have to manage the talent overseas for festival and floats and things like that. Um, you know, I'd manage talent on site for television appearances all of these things are actually big licensed deals. I mean, people see a minion on TV. Well, these companies are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to have these licenses. It's not like, oh, yeah, you just get a minion. Um, even, even just having a Spider-Man at a Westfield, I mean, people don't realise, but let's say you're out at a Westfield and there could be literally thousands of kids that are coming in to see that Spider-Man. So when Spider-Man calls you at 8 a.m., telling you that 11 a.m. he can't be at Westfield. <laughs> it's a big deal, you know. It's a big deal because these are big clients. They're paying good money and they've got thousands of kids that are coming to see the show. So, you know, that's what I used to have to deal with. Um, I, would, I would be booking anywhere up to, especially the Christmas period, so busy, anywhere up to like 300 artists per weekend for Christmas. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, we, I got through that and then I realised that I was really quite good at this whole talent management space. I ended up meeting someone. They um, had an agency. They brought me into the fold. I got trained into being a, an actual talent agent representing artists in film, television, commercial stage. And then um, after that, I ended up opening up my own in-house agency. So Next Move Studios is what I call my in-house talent agency. So most of the people on the books are from my studio. Now, this is unique because most studios don't recognise when we talk about revenue streams for studios, having an in-house management service or talent agency is not something that's usually talked about. And so I'm saying it is absolutely a revenue stream. Um, I think having an in-house talent agency increases your not only your revenue, but increases your studio retention, your student retention, and your industry credibility. So I guess that's how Talent Manager Bootcamp came about. Um, I'm actually in the, in the process with my first group. Um, they're a beautiful group of, you know, studio owner ladies, and I'm teaching them how to manage talent, how to do this legally and effectively and um, with integrity, and how they can implement that within their own studio walls. So that's really the, the goal here is to teach studio owners about this untapped revenue stream and opportunity, you know. Amazing. And like you said, I think like often people hear a lot about, you know, adding revenue streams and this thing that you yeah. can do and that thing. But I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about the concept of their own talent agency, which really is a loss when you think about it, because in our businesses, there is a plethora of talent. So a hundred percent. That's the thing. You have the talent. You're sitting on hundreds of people that trust you 
that you know their skill and ability and personality that you train and mentor and that want to have performance opportunities. Like it's it's actually insane to me that more studios aren't doing it. Like, I don't know, I only realised recently that studios just aren't doing it. And I thought, oh, this is a thing. Like maybe people need to know. <laughs> they need to know about this, you know. So, yeah, so that's what it was. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest in saying that in my experience, in what I know, there, this model works best in capital cities because of the nature of our small industry. So, yeah, I don't know if a Tasmanian talent agency would be successful. Maybe they have their own network. But for me personally, I think this works better in like, you know, your Queensland, your Victoria, your New South Wales, that sort of thing. Um, but that's just based on my knowledge and experience and the briefs that I see come through. So, you know, you, there's a bit of a reality on that side of things. But um, I do think that there's a really big opportunity for, for that. Though I must say regional talent can have access to maybe not commercial work. Commercial work tends to be a capital city thing, but regional talent absolutely can self-tape for film. They can be put forward for theatre roles, all of that stuff. But, um, yeah, when it comes to commercial, the briefs are usually, you know, more of those, those sort of state lines. Yeah. Yeah, definitely interesting. Like you said, you're coming at it from your perspective but with experience and I guess it's good to know for people who are listening um mm. but I'm sure if they're interested they could always reach out to you and like how how is your course structured like over what length of time does it take to set up something like an in-house talent agency well it's an eight-week course but then we have what we call the four-week implementation period so some people may move on to implementation and others may not. I think it's important after the eight weeks to make a call for yourself. Like once you know what's involved, you're then going to go, okay, cool. Now I'm ready to take it to the next level. So really, I guess the main thing is that once you've done the eight-week course, you're going to um, get a real feeling for it. And essentially, if you're ready to dive in and open up your in-house talent management service, I'm there to support you in that implementation. So that's, it's sort of like a, it's not an official part of the course, but I, I do support people through that process if that's what they want to do. And like I said, after a couple of months of the training, you're going to know if it's the right move for you or maybe if it's the right time for you as well. Look, personally, it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard as a studio owner because you naturally have, um, what's the word? You sort of know what talent looks like. You understand what, you know, is needed to sort of have that little bit of an X factor or the confidence needed to go for things or whatever. But this is not designed as something just for the um, elite performers or for your diversity is key. You want people of all abilities, of all nationalities, genders, um, you know, heights, sizes. It doesn't matter. The kid that always wins the trophy may not be the kid who books 
all the roles. This is where things can really change. So what what I say is anyone that's in my program is be open-minded when it comes to who you want to represent. For me, I make it inclusive to all of my musical makers. If they want to join my agency, they are welcome. Everybody is welcome to be on my commercial books. But when it comes to more, um, you know, featured roles, then they do have to have that little bit extra, you know, kids or adults, depending who you, who you teach. They need to have that little bit extra commitment where they will go and learn a script for an audition if it's a feature film role. Whereas for commercial, I mean, you're eating a sandwich and going, mm, yum. I mean, if the, ki- if the kid's confident and they can just go and wing it and, and take direction and show the great personality, then that's fine. Sometimes as well, it's the kid that you would least expect or the adult that you least expect. It's, yeah, I think it's, it's always good never to assume what the casting professionals are looking for and just to have an inclusive mindset when it comes to who you invite into your agency. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that insight. I'm sure, like I said, if people are interested in looking at that, they could reach out to you, look at uh, what is, well, when you're doing that course again or how you structure that. So this is sort of, we're wrapping up our time together and I want to thank you so much for sharing all of the information that you have so far, but you know, moving forward, you've talked about your personal brand and, you know, what you're doing at your studio. So what are you sort of most looking forward to next or what would you love to share with our listeners? Look, we're actually about to open up our doors um, and we're taking expressions of interest for Talent Manager Bootcamp 2022. So I honestly think, you know, look, if you're a, a dance studio owner who's looking to you know, increase revenue, increase your studio retention and just get some more credibility under your belt. Uh, An in-house talent management service or in-house talent agency is really a great way to do it. Um, And so, yeah, you can check out my website. It's josephinelancuba.com or you can send an expression of interest for Talent Manager Bootcamp to my email, joe, that's (laughs) J-O, at uh, nextmovestudios.com.au. But yeah, guys, honestly, I just think, you know, I'm excited about this next um, part of my journey where I actually get to coach and mentor people. I also do one-on-one coaching as well, which is different to the course, but, you know, it's all a video pre-recorded course. It's so easy. You move through it at your own time. And then I do touch points each week live. So, you know, it's been a really cool process actually with the studio owners we have. So that's what I'm, I'm sort of working towards for 2022. That is phenomenal. Thank you so much for sharing all about your story, all about your amazing businesses and how you manage to, you know, manage them all, I guess. So I'm sure if there's anyone listening who's interested in finding out more, they'll be in touch. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Claire. Thank you for listening to the Assemblé Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemblé Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.